0: Welcome to the Grow People Podcast with Pastor Jason. Yep, Lead Pastor Revolution Church. My name is David Stein. I'm the Campus Pastor at our Canton location. Purpose of the Grow People Podcast is to grow people. Grow people. Everybody yells that in their car. I'm sure they do. Uh, or, or working out in the gym. Yes, yes. They they could be doing that. Or in the kitchen. They yeah. Probably cooking. Yeah, uh, is is a great pastime. It would be cool uh, if
1: you're in your house listening to this. Yeah. Just yell it out mm-hmm. so Ready? that when people hear you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open up your windows. Ready? One, two, three. Purpose of the grow people <laughs> podcast is to help grow, grow people. people.
1: <laughs> that was your yelling but, well, yeah. out of the mic. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been a while. It has been. But we're back. It, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But
0: no. no. For our no. listeners, maybe. Pastor Jason, uh, back from his preaching break. Mm-hmm. Um Feels feels like a long time, but for you probably just went by like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's always interesting. Uh and we've talked about this before, but people uh, uh people sometimes in our church don't know like if is it vacation, is it sabbatical? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's really neither of those things. Although I do take a vacation sometimes during that time. But really which is why we use the term preaching break, because it's mm-hmm. it's just a time for me to get out of the rhythm of preaching and take, cause it takes about two weeks to, like I was telling somebody the other day, actually at church um, last weekend in Jasper uh, when we had our worship weekend. Cause I was there, mm-hmm. I was in Canton on Thursday night in Jasper on Sunday um, for the first two weeks of not preaching. I was still tired on Sundays <laughs> in a different way. Cause my body is just sure. used to that. Yeah. You know, my body is used to the adrenaline high and then post dump after, you know, Preaching. So adrenaline dump. Adrenaline dump. Yeah. I, I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, uh, uh just understood. Make, just make the- yeah. <clears throat> I wasn't going to say it, but you said it. Thank so you. at least people can think differently about you. Yeah. If you, you were drinking your me. coffee
0: and just spit it out, yeah. that's, that's fine.
1: <laughs> that is an actual medical term, like post adrenal dump. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's basically, our bodies were not meant to run on adrenaline. That's the fight or flight response, and so your body has to flush it out of its system, so, so to yes, speak. So, so to speak. Well, welcome back.
0: The first week of of preaching break was was no vacation at all.
1: No, no, I was at mission camp, and that's what was kind of funny about it is uh, that's what I'm saying. When people are like, "Hey, have you enjoyed your vacation?" I'm like, "Well, I." I'm still working. Like I'm, I just didn't preach that weekend, but I was doing, and and for those that have never served at a student camp or any kind of kids camp, I mean, it's 24 seven. Like I, yeah. you know, we wake up seven or so in the morning, get our students ready. And then we're going until midnight, literally. Mm-hmm. So it's all day long. And so that first week, yeah, I was a small group leader at mission camp with ninth grade boys um, uh, most of them from our Jasper campus. Well, I guess about half and half, some from Jasper, some from Canton. So that was a lot of fun, you know, even though God, I mean, that was that, I mean, it was like over a hundred every day. It was oh, super that, hot.
0: That's what I was doing. I was looking back at our texts yeah. where we were just texting. It's hot. Yes. Very hot. Very. Then pictures of the forecast. Yes. It's hot.
1: Hot. I mean, it was, <laughs> I said this at all staff, uh, I had never heard this term before, but apparently there was like a heat dome over like Texas and, and Tennessee and Georgia. Like it was this kind of the, where, you know, it just kind of comes in and sits, you know, and obviously kind of the idea of creates a dome. So it was a heat dome that week. And um, so, yeah, the first week wasn't uh, a break in that sense, because I was doing mission, uh, mission camp, but it was a lot of fun because being a, Being a small group leader for students is so outside of my job. You know, I used to do student ministry for a decade before being a lead pastor. So it was fun in that sense because it's just ministry. You know, like a lot of my job now is leading on a higher level organizationally, but this was just like, I mean, that's as grassroots as you can get. Oh, yeah. Hanging with ninth grade boys, you know, (laughs) and some of them I already knew prior to, some I didn't and got to know. Um, but it was, it was, a and there was times where it was, fr- I told them like one, I think it was like the Tuesday night, um, uh, group session. I was like, this is pointless. I'm not going to waste my time and <laughs> y'all don't want to be here. So we're just cutting this early. So there were sessions like that, yeah. you know, which again, they're ninth grade boys, but then there was other times where it was really meaningful, you know, and, Um, we had some really good discussions, so it was a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of on the ministry front and then, uh, got back from that on Friday. By the way, great job, uh,
0: from our student team. Oh gosh. Yes.
1: Student students. And um,
0: all the team members. It took off uh, a week of work. Uh, Oh yeah.
1: 20 something, uh, team members, mm -hmm. you know, obviously quite a few of our staff went that like myself, that don't work in students, you know, from a staff position. Mm -hmm. So other staff members went and just were serving Uh, spouses of staff members went and then other team members went. Um, so yeah. And that was the part that was super cool to me too, is seeing, um, just seeing all of our leaders. Um, and even some of our leaders are our former students Mm -hmm. that have now graduated and they're small group leaders. And so it was just really, really cool seeing so many leaders, staff and, and non-staff just serving students being there. And yeah, I mean, they, I mean, some of them took vacation time. I mean, like me, you know, a week where I'm off of my normal duties, but doing something different. And so, yeah, shout out to all of our team members that took a break out of their lives to go do that that week. Um, it was great.
0: Then you, you came back, um, and then you and Jackson, your son, uh, yep. went on the father-son trip that we talked about in the previous podcast. The first correspondence uh, I got from that trip to Colorado was simply a picture of in and out
1: Yes. Um, yeah.
0: So we know what the Bible says uh, about Whataburger and In-N-Out, uh, but what is the church's position? <laughs>
1: What the Bible says about them
0: <laughs> we've been talking about you know what the Bible says about things, what the church's position is, what is the church's position based on uh, your trip to in and out?
1: Yeah, I would say that uh, the Bible definitely says that God created cows and so we should <laughs> eat them, you know, and he gave us all this is good uh, and he said, enjoy it. so that's why I enjoy Water Burger and in and out. Yeah, it's it funny. we got back from Mission camp Friday and then that Sunday, Or that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Jackson had a football camp. And then he got back on Sunday afternoon, which was Father's Day. And then we left that evening on Father's Day and flew to Colorado. And we got in late that night. And so then we had, we flew into Denver and then had a drive to Breckenridge. And it was about a two hour drive, you know, and it was 11, 12. Well, one of the only things is open is In and Out. And which, if you're not familiar with In and Out, obviously we've had this conversation cause that's a West coast, uh, burger company. And then water burger was a Texas one. And, and it's technically what a burger, but right. It sounds like water what burger it. now. Um, so I texted you that picture and it was like 1230. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get it that night? Cause it, then I was two hours behind. So I,
0: I don't remember. Did I get it that night or get it in the morning? I, I don't remember.
1: I, cause it would have been like one something here. Um, and we've had this debate before. My phone is always on for emergencies
0: and Whataburger or in and out texts.
1: Texts are qualify. So I told you, like, to me, In-N-Out is almost like a smaller Whataburger. Like, they're very similar. Um, the burger. So it's a, like, thumbs up. But then the in and out fries aren't as good no. as the Whataburger no, I fries. No, I concur. So burger-wise, they're very similar. Whataburger is just a little bit bigger it's Texas. Um, but the fries are better. Um, but it was, it was hilarious because we looked for a Whataburger, but there's not one. There was one in Denver, but it's shut down because mm. they can't appreciate nice things under, out they there. Don't, they don't, don't understand it. Yeah. Um, but then we found this in and out. So it, it kicked off our trip like in a great way. Cause we were, you know, 1130 AM eating a burger You know, um,
0: and you would think with, with Colorado's liberal policies on recreational drugs that a Whataburger would thrive.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. if (laughs) I'd have to discern that. Like I'd have to think through that if it's, uh, maybe, you know, I don't even know
0: if that was appropriate to say. Yeah. Uh,
1: maybe the, I, I mean, yeah, if you're they had the munchies, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. Whataburger's open 24 Mm seven. So you would think maybe to that level. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, yeah. maybe, but that was the thing about the, that I do like about in and out people that don't know it is a Christian company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the original founders, husband and wife, uh, strong believers, and now their mm-hmm. granddaughter owns it. Um, but underneath the cup all, oh, is yeah. a Bible verse, yep. you know, so it, even though I I'm gonna choose Whataburger over In and Out, I can't hate on In and Out because it's it's like hating on Jesus, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I mean, this is a strong Christian company. Yeah. Um, so, but it's hard to argue with a good burger,
0: you know. Well, great start to your uh, father son trip, and, and I know that there was a great meaning and intentionality in this trip.
1: Yeah, there was, and we talked about it. I don't remember exactly what we said in that, so I might repeat some of the stuff, but. Now that I've done it, um, you, you know, we've talked about investing and, and just that, that legacy idea and those kind of things. But one of the things that, um, really struck me about in this book, and I have mentioned on this before the intentional father, but he talks about creating moments. Um, so I, that's really what I wanted this trip to be was creating a moment with Jackson and I, and so we got there on Sunday night and we already had some things planned, like we, he's all into golf now. So we took our golf clubs with us, um, which, you know, traveling with golf clubs is always a ordeal cause mm-hmm. it's a oversized luggage and all that kind of stuff. So you, it adds more time and little, you know, um, frustration. But the, the funny thing is we got there, uh, Sunday night. Part of the reason why we were eating so late is our car was ca- like, we get there to the rental car place and they're like, Oh, sorry, we're out of cars. I'm like, I've already prepaid. That's a Seinfeld episode. Oh, I know. I mean, it was a whole deal. Like it wasn't, I had a reservation. I had already paid for the car, right? you know? And so then they take us to a whole different car company and they're like, oh, sorry, we're just out of cars. So then we have to go to a whole different car company, get a whole new reservation. Then I get that car and then I have to drive to the old company, get my money back. So we had to do all that first, which (laughs) then delayed our time, you know? Um, so that's part of why we were eating in and out, but again, that was even a cool moment. Like, you know, talking to Jackson about, Hey, like surprises come up. This is a guy you got to handle, right. you know? Yeah. And so, and basically on the trip, um, I, I was telling Lindsay about this because people would ask Lindsay about what, what was going on in the trip. And she was like, I don't know. Jason's just done it all. Like he's just, he's booked it all. He's handled it all. Basically what I did on the trip was like whatever Jackson wanted to do, we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, which was fun. Cause again, as a parent, you don't normally take that right. mentality. No, I say whatever he wanted to do within reason. Sure. Like <laughs> we didn't do illegal things. <laughs> um, but like you said, there's a lot that's legal in Colorado. Um, so we played golf on Monday. We went whitewater rafting on Tuesday, uh, which we had never done before on Wednesday, we rented a side-by-side, which, you know, just this really amazing machine, um, ATV. And we went to, well, it was kind of cool. There's all kinds of trails all over Colorado, uh, cause it's obviously the Rocky mountains. And so we went to this one place and it was called the Georgia pass <laughs> It was kind of funny. I was like, we came from Georgia now, but it's up on the continental divide, you know, which is the part of the mountain range that divides, the, the rainfall of the country, you know, from that point, part of it goes to the East coast, part of it goes to the West coast. So we, and I rented it for the whole day, this ATV and Jackson's 18. So he could drive it um, as well. So we were literally like exploring the mount the Rocky mountains all day. That's amazing on this thing. Yeah. And drove up to the continental divide. Uh, at, that's the part that's called the Georgia pass. And you get up there and it's crazy. There was still snow up there. Mm-hmm. So to reference back to mission camp, like mission camp was like straight hundred every day to Colorado was the highs were in the seventies right. every day. Nice. And now there's a lot less, a lot less oxygen. That was tough. Like we bought these to go oxygen containers. Um, and, uh, we would like, as we're playing golf or walking up the stairs, or like huffing on oxygen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like you can literally buy these little things now, um, and Jackson and I were like, "I don't know if they're working, but I can't breathe." So, <laughs> so anyway, we drive up the Georgia, and the last probably ten minutes of it, I mean, it's straight up, and we're driving through snow, cool in June,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is just weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not normal in Georgia, but at the Georgia Pass, it is. So we get up to the top of the Continental Divide. I mean, it's just beautiful. It's what you want. you see. I mean, uh, it's better than lookout mountain, you know, in Chattanooga where you can see multiple States, like, cause you're higher up and you, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. We were about, I think it was like about 12, a little under 12,000 feet elevation. Wow. Um, and we had driven like Brick and Ridge is about eight, 8,500. Um, so we went up about 4,000 feet up this mountain driving this ATV so again, it was very adventurous, very fun. and then on that day on Wednesday, that was kind of like the main day where we had um, kind of that teaching moment. So again, we just had fun for
0: mm-hmm.
1: for a lot for the first several days for the first half of that day and then coming back down the mountain, I found this, I mean there's streams and you know because all the snow run off. So we found this one place kind of off the trail where there wasn't a lot of people. It was right by a stream. I've got the GPS coordinates. Um, and we took our, uh, hammocks, one I borrowed from you, your Eno, and put them up on, you know, in between, I found this great spot in between a couple of trees right next to a stream. And we sat there for about an hour and a half. And then that's when we talked. And so the, the coolest part, like I told him to bring his Bible and that kind of stuff. And so we, I wanted him and one of my pastor friends told me this that he had done with his son, like have a moment of contemplative study, Mm -hmm. you know, and we just took the same REAP method that we do. And, and so we took five minutes, like he just, we sat there in silence and, and prayed. And then we just got out our Bibles, sitting in the hammock and we talked. And there were some specific verses that I wanted to talk to him about. Um, particularly relating to this transition that he's you know from boyhood to manhood so I talked about in first Corinthians um, where Paul says you know when he was a child he reasoned like a child, he thought like a child mm. um, he acted like a child but now he's a man he gave up childish ways so we took that verse and then we just reaped it you know read it, explained it, applied it and so I would ask him questions of it okay Paul says, he, when he was a child, he thought like a child, what does it mean to think like a child? What does it mean to reason like a child? So then we talked through that. And then I said, okay, now you have an opportunity to go into manhood and to think differently, to reason differently. Um, and so what, what is, what does that mean? What does that look like? And then we went to first Corinthians 16 where Paul kind of gives, um, just a great explanation when he says he was giving the Corinthians this admonition when he says be strong you know um god what is the rest part of the verse but be strong and then he says the phrase act like men mm-hmm. you know let everything you do be done in love you know so then i corresponded that verse I was like okay if you're going to give up child this ways and and give up that and and take on godly men, here's what that looks like mm. you know What does it mean to be strong? What does it mean to act like men? What does it mean? So we kind of paralleled that. And then the main moment or the main verse that I had, um, I say I had picked, I felt like the Lord wanted us to go over was Proverbs 30 verse 30, which is interesting because a I had never read it before. Um, but B, it wasn't necessarily a verse about manhood. Um, but it's the verse where, um, The writer of Proverbs says, um, he's talking about things that are glorious. Um, and then he gives four different examples. And one of them, he says, a lion is glorious in its, in its stead, like in how it walks. Mm -hmm. And then it says this phrase, the lion does not turn back from anything from, you know, um, so I related that to Jackson. Like, Hey, we've talked about giving up childhood ways, we've talked about being a godly man, what that looks like. Now you have a decision to make. Yep. Um, and I talked about how Jesus, you know, is referenced as the lion, um, all throughout scripture and how Jesus not only he made the lion and how like the lion is the most feared creature in the jungle, but the lion, what makes him glorious is he doesn't turn back. He's not scared of anything. And Jesus didn't turn back. You know, he didn't turn back from the cross. He didn't turn back from the mission God had given him. And now we have the spirit of the lion living with it within us. And Jackson has a decision that if he wants to be a man, then the spirit of the lion, the spirit of Christ, the Holy spirit living within him, he's got to make a decision that he's not going to turn back. Now he's not going to turn back to his childish ways. He's not going to turn back to uh, he's got to give that up. He's got to give up his childlessness, his and and accept the responsibility of the man, of being a a godly man in the same way that Jesus accepted his. So that's basically where I asked him. Like I talked to him about what it was, and then I said, "Okay, that's your decision today. Like your decision today. We're gonna get up and leave in just a moment. Is you're saying you're accepting the responsibilities of manhood." Mm. You're you're accepting the responsibilities that we've laid out, and if you, if you want to today, you can say, "Yeah, I'm not going to turn back from this point forward. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to f- walk with Him um, into manhood, and I'm not going to turn back anymore." Mm. So I basically asked him, "Is that what you want to do?" Because if that's what you want to do, then you have the decision. Um, and then he said, "Yes, you know that's what he wanted to do," and then. And, and, you know, and of course I was getting teary eyed several times sure. and, you know, through that thing. And then we got up and walked over to the stream and that's when I blessed him, you know, wow. like he laid my hands on him, blessed him, you know, the kind of that old Testament fatherly blessing wow. and, and asked the, you know, our father, um, our heavenly father to give him the strength and the grace to not turn back. Mm you know, to, to walk into this, this role of being a godly man and not turn back. Um, and then I had bought him this pendant, um, because I just love lions. I, like, again, seeing them in Africa and again, the whole biblical concepts, so I've always loved it. That's always been the backdrop of my computer. So I bought them this, him, this pendant That is a picture of a lion. And then on the back, I had it engraved where it says, The lion does not turn back. Mm. And so I told him, I said, If you know, now that you've accepted this, I bought this for you. And it it didn't get shipped to me in time because of all the shipping delays, but I showed it to him. And of course, he thought that was cool. And using that as a moment to say, You know, it's like, Jackson, you're going to stumble. You're going to. Like there's times where we all go back to, we make bad decisions. We make childish decisions. But I said, but the difference now is, but you're not going to stay there. You know, you're going to, the, cause the lion doesn't turn back. It's the, it's all, we're always going forward. We're all following Jesus. And so it was such a cool moment. Um, and at first you know, he wanted, at first, he just wanted to keep driving around and exploring. Like he didn't want to lay there in a hammock, you know, and <laughs> have a conversation, a deep conversation. But afterwards, it was a really cool moment, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, I think he felt um, like, oh, wow, like I just, something just shifted. Like I yep. just entered into. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that really had struck me before. And I don't remember who said this to me. It was a book I read or a pastor, but said, the only thing that God can use to make, to turn a boy into a man is another man.
0: Mm,
1: That's Um, good. So that's where I felt like as a father and someone who's, who's trying to live a godly life as a godly man, that's what the blessing is all about. It's my job to initiate him into manhood. It's my job to initiate him into this and to explain to him what it is and then encourage him, you know, to do that. Um, so it was a very meaningful moment for him, for me. Um, and I told him straight up, like, okay, now we're leaving this this spot and you're a man. Um, and what makes you a man is not all these things that the world says. It's what the Bible says. Um, so then we had lunch and then, you know, it was, it, it was really cool. Like, then he gets into this machine. I mean, it was a bad machine. (laughs) He had already, he had already driven some, like he'd driven up on the continental divide and other things, but it was just this cool moment of like a transfer. Mm. He gets into the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat. Wow. And, um, and I didn't explain this to him, but me personally, it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, you're in the driver's seat now. You're the man, you know, so take us out of here, you know, lead us out of here. Um, and so, you know, in a lot of ways, for Jackson's life, I've been in the driver's seat. Sure, he's been in yeah. the passenger yep. seat, watching me, learning, mm. and then we left that spot. No, he's in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat now, of his life. You know, and he's got to make those decisions, and I'm here to encourage him. That is um,
0: that is so good. If you made it through the in and out conversation, <laughs> uh, the last ten minutes was was worth it. That's that's incredible. Um, I'm, I'm emotional just listening to it.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate that. And again, that was the, I I wish I was, I left that moment thinking, man, I wish I would have done this earlier. You know, we always feel guilty for what we didn't do or what we should have done, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was, it was a moment in my life that I was, I became very gracious to God or grateful to God that he laid that on my heart cause I'm not smart enough to figure all that out on my own. You know, it was God's grace and kindness to me through other people and books to, you know, kind of lead it to that moment. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of, um, in all of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, it just, I'm just very grateful to God the way the whole thing came together. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave us a place to go in Breckenridge, you know, um, through a pastor friend who had a condo, let us stay there. Um, so it all kind of came together, right. like all these things. And um, and I had texted Lindsay afterwards. You know, I was like, okay, you know, your son is a man now. Like he accepted this responsibility. So then we spent the rest of the day riding around. Then Thursday we played golf again. Then we went and watched Top Gun. You know, which we both had already seen it once.
0: And. It's, it's even better the second uh, time. It's even
1: better. I've seen yeah. it three times yeah. now.
0: If you haven't seen Top Gun.
1: It's a great movie. Yeah. Which the, the cool thing about that is, and again, I had I didn't plan that, but he wanted to go do For it. Sure. Um, There's a lot of overtones, you know, the backstory of, oh, yeah. of Maverick. And, you know, now he's helping Goose's son. So there's a lot of fatherly overtones. That, mm-hmm. So that was super cool. So like the whole time during the... The first time in the movie, I teared up a couple of times, but this, I cried even more the second time because of, I'm sitting here with my, my son, you know, right. and, and we're having this conversation or, you know, anyway. So yeah, that was the trip. And then we were coming back Friday. Our plane got canceled. Our flight got canceled. Um, so then and
0: Jackson we, said, dad, sometimes things come up.
1: Yeah. They come up. <laughs> He'd always wanted to do an escape room. So we went and did an escape room. Um, and, uh, then he was like, dad, let's go get a tattoo. Let's go get a tattoo of, uh, (laughs) the phrase, the lion doesn't turn back. And I was like, dude, I'm not getting a tattoo. Like we had just had this conversation of like, you don't get a tattoo when you're somewhere in another state where it's, if they mess something up, you don't know them. Like you can't get a touch up, all this kind of stuff. Not that I was opposed to a tattoo in general, but literally, again, this is kind of how the whole trip went. It was like, whatever Jack, whatever he wants to do, let's do it. So okay. literally on Friday, because our plane got canceled, we got the initials or the acronym. The line does not turn back tattooed on our, our, both of us on our left wrist. I was just
0: going to say it's on pastor Jason's forehead. Yeah, So you yeah, no. might be surprised on Sunday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For if you saw it on Sunday, cause I have a tattoo on my right wrist of Isaiah 53, five, where Jesus was pierced. And now on my left one. And so if you if you had saw that, that's what it stands for. It's the acronym of the lion does not turn back. So again, even that, which I didn't talk to my wife about it, you know, like we, it was a total surprise. I mean, it was a total weak moment. Like Jackson's like, dad, let's do it. Let's do it. And he just wore me down. And so we went and did it. But now, and, and thankfully Lindsay was fine, like. She was like she was shocked, but she wasn't mad. She was like, "I can't believe y'all did that." I'm like, "I know," and if the flight hadn't been canceled, we wouldn't have. You know, um, I love it. So again, it turned into this really cool moment that you know that we'll remember forever. Sure, because you got know, a tattoo because I've got it on me <laughs> now, and and in, his lion pendant came in, so I gave him that. uh, And he bought this like really cool looking lion poster for his college dorm room.
0: You told him he doesn't have to be a Detroit lions fan. No, no, no. We're not lions. Lions Those those lions do turn back. Yeah, they
1: do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't, have they ever gone forward? Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know if turning back even works because they haven't even (laughs) gone forward. Yeah. I I know we have
0: a A, ton of people in our church that came from Michigan. Yeah. Apologies for any
1: Detroit. You said that, not me. Uh, it It was me. Yeah.
0: It was me. The ball guy.
1: Um, but yeah, so it, again it was just this amazing time of everything I had hoped for that this week would be mm-hmm. like this creating this moment with him was even better because um, we had a a lot of fun. We ate a lot of good food. We um, you know, again had some very you know meaningful emotional moments together to where now, um, that will be our, you know, bond, um, moving forward and, and a cool thing. Like, you know, he's going to play college football. He's moving into this next season of his life to where it's something that we can all, I was like, dude, listen, we can't turn back. You know, uh, the spirit of the lion lives within you. And so he will give you what you need to keep moving forward. And whatever you're afraid of, whatever you're struggling with, we don't turn back, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's already had a pretty profound effect on me as well. Um, to think about, um, yeah, I don't want to turn back, you know, I don't, whatever that means for me, you know, uh, obviously I was already a man, but, but there's still childish ways in my life. Mm -hmm. There's still childish patterns in my life. And we've been talking about that a lot as a church. We want to have patterns that are repeatable, that are worth repeating. Um, So it, it wound that I honestly didn't expect that part of it. I thought, it, you know, I wanted it to be very emotional and meaning for him, but mm-hmm. it became very emotional, and meaningful right. for me in a cool way that God's like, yeah, don't mm-hmm. you turn back either. You know, you have to make a fresh commitment to give up childish ways, mm-hmm. to give up that old and the Bible talks a lot about putting off our old self, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Um, and, and that's an intentional statement. That's in it. That's a, is it imperative? Is that the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very intentional. You it's have to, you have to yeah. physically take off. It's like you're, you're chain, you're taking off the old comfortable sweater mm-hmm. that, that you love to wear because it just made you feel good. Mm-hmm. And you have to physically take that off and put on something else.
1: Yeah, and you know, and, and metaphorically speaking, like you were just saying, you know, the Bible speaks that way. You know, Paul a lot. In fact, I'm having to read a book for one of my classes this fall, which is on spiritual formation. Um, but it was uh, by John Calvin's a short little book that was a part of his larger book of the Institutes. But it's the golden uh, something the golden the golden book of the Christian life or something like that is the title again a classic. But one of the things that he talked, and we actually talked about this in our creative meeting last week, was the idea of holiness. Like, that has to be something we want. Like, none of us are going to, like, there's the command, be holy as I am holy. But that's something you have to desire. And the whole idea of, like, if I want holiness, then I have to be willing to take off what's not holy. Mm-hmm. You know, those patterns, those things in my life. That, yeah, maybe they were comfortable to me or they were normal to me. And we even talked about this some on the podcast a few uh, months ago about God calls us all to self-sacrifice, all to self-denial. So there's so many things that I want to do in my natural self that I am called to deny. I'm called to sacrifice. And that's that idea of like, I'm I'm not called to turn. That's the old me. Mm -hmm. I'm called to turn turn away from that and not turn back from that. Um, and that was one, again, it was really meaningful to me. And and hopefully Jackson will understand this as he gets older is for the rest of his life. There's no turning back, you know, um, I'm not turning back to the old me anymore. Mm -hmm. And we just have this thing in our culture now and I'll, I'll preach about this at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm sure but the mantra in the culture today is like we'll just be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. the whole concept of my truth and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, the Bible never says be yourself. It says be like Christ. Yep. But we are called to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's the differentiation mm-hmm. that I think I'm I'm called to know myself but not be myself. So it's important that I know myself in that it's important that I know what dysfunctional things are comforting to Mm me. What, because of my, my upbringing, because of my wiring, my personality, what things do I tend to, what childish things do I tend to turn back to? Mm -hmm. So I need to know that. Right. But the Bible never gives us a license to be that. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. Like I need to know myself but I don't need to be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible calls me to be formed into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to be. Um, but it's important that I know what I was. So I know where to start on what I'm trying to be. If that makes sense.
0: It, it does. It does. And and I just want to go back to what you said yes, uh, last week in, in the creative meeting, which was, um, do you want to be holy? Yeah. And you know we, we use that in, in pastoral care all the time. Yeah. It, I can give you the how-tos, but if you don't have a want-to? No. <laughs> the how-tos don't mean anything. And, and what was so profound about what you said uh, from that Calvin book, and I, you probably don't know this, I, I keep a little file on my notebook, mm. and, and it's called Nuggets. Mm. And every day I try to, what did I learn today here? Yeah. Because you can go through the motions as a pastor, yeah. and you're in 14 different meetings, about 14 completely different things, things yeah. and you go home and your wife says, hey, what happened today? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what I did today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I keep this little file. Yeah. And and that was the nugget that I put down yesterday because I I, I do want holiness. You know, J.C. Ryle's book, Holiness, it yeah. was one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. But do I really want it? yeah. And, and that's, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. I, I can, I can, I can want to read that book. I can want to pursue whole Do I? Yeah. So I, I thought that was excellent.
1: No, and it's kind of funny as you were talking, I was thinking about this. Like that's a great habit to write that down. I have a, on my phone, I have a, I don't call it nuggets. I'll call it quotes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <clears throat> same concept of like things that I heard that I write cause I don't want to forget it. But one, the one thing I've thought about, and I don't know if you've ever felt like this before, and I do the same thing like in my on my notes app on my phone. I write those things down. But then also in my Bible, the Bible that I love is the ESV Journaling Bible because it has margins mm-hmm. on the side to write and the paper is thicker. But one of the things, the, what I'm going to this, the reason why I think it's good to write those things down and also to write in your Bible, like when you're reading mm-hmm. your Bible, to write in it, to yep. underline it, to write it. Because there's so many times where... I have picked up my Bible to read and I feel like an absolute loser. Like I feel like the worst Christian on the planet. I feel like God is like, I'm done with you. I don't like you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Cause we're just so we condemn ourselves so much. And there, I can't tell you how many times I have opened up my Bible and I've turned it to a page that I wrote something in years before mm-hmm. or months before. Mm-hmm. And then I read my own writing or my own underlining. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, and then I think to myself, okay, maybe I'm not the worst human <laughs> because there was a time months ago or years ago that I wrote that down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so the reason I'm going with that is it, it those become a mile, like that was a mile marker and it helps me realize, Oh, I'm further along than I feel right now. Right. I feel like I'm back in the starting block mm-hmm. again. Yeah. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so that, again, that's becomes a way that I talk back to my feelings where, because I wrote something down or I, I, a nugget mm-hmm. or whatever, like you, I don't know. That's just been a, I just, I was thinking about that when you were talking like that, it's a way to encourage yourself in the future. Sure. When you feel like turning back. Yes. Um, yes. But you can, you can remind yourself, no, I was here before mm-hmm. and God met me. I did want to pursue holiness. I did want to, I yeah. th- even though I don't feel like I, I did want to. Yeah. You know? I don't want to
0: now. Yeah. But I did. And, and that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, journaling is one of the spiritual disciplines. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not one of the big three, you know, it's not fasting and prayer and Bible reading. Yeah. Uh, but it's important and journaling doesn't have to be. And I want to encourage people who don't journal, mm-hmm. um, you know, bring something to write with yeah. at church. Um, I can't remember anything after after I leave. Yeah, and and it's it's not entertainment. We are we are preaching the inspired word of God. Yeah, to build you up, mm-hmm. and um, so it's important to have something. That, if if God speaks to you during the gathering, write, write it down. Yeah, write it down. It doesn't have to be some flowing, eloquent. Uh, quill pen and dear mother. Yeah. <laughs> I attended a gathering today. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quill, have, quill pen, that's,
1: <laughs> it doesn't have to be, that. we have ink, uh, ink, blo- or ink jars at the end of each aisle for you. <laughs> yeah. To dip into. Yeah.
0: All I wrote down in, in this really cool thing called the remarkable, which is a whole different podcast. Uh, all I wrote down was, do I really want holiness? Yeah. And, and I, I think that's going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it had a profound effect.
1: Yeah, and, and again, journaling. And to your point, like I completely agree with you. But for those out there who like me, I don't like journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay to say that. And and the reason why I don't, I'm not a writer. I'm a verbal processor, and so um, it's much easier for me to say something than write something. Mm-hmm. But to your point, even for those of us that journaling is hard, again, it's not like you have to walk around with, like, this is my journal. Mm -hmm. You can figure out a way that works for you, whether it's just taking a notes app. I mean, I would encourage people, like you said, bring a Bible or a journal Mm -hmm. to the gatherings because, like, my again, my journal Bible— if it is in one place, then it becomes easier to find mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. It's not like where did I write that down on that sticky note? Mm-hmm. I need to encourage myself, so I got to mm-hmm. go find this. So yeah, if you, if there is one place, I would recommend doing that. But just figuring out a way to 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 develop that habit is mm-hmm. a good thing.
0: Even yeah. if you circle a word in the Bible, whatever, and and you write "Wow,"
1: yes, yes, <laughs>
0: and then and then you read it a couple years later, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, I re- I remember that." Yeah. I circled the word "keep." I don't know how many times it was in Psalm 121 mm. that Tim shared during the uh, worship weekend, mm-hmm. and in Canton, in, yeah, in Canton, yeah. And uh, I went back and I looked it up, and it, it it means protect. Yeah. So, so what the psalmist is saying there is that God will protect you here. God will protect you there. God will protect you here. Yeah. Because we read keep, 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 keep. What does what does that mean? And so now when I go back to my Bible and I read Psalm 121, I'm going to to see it from a whole different perspective just from circling the word.
1: Yeah. And what's cool to that is I'm some, I'm sure sometime in the near future you will feel like, uh, God has not kept you and Mm -hmm. you'll open up your Bible and you'll, and the spirit will lead you to that place. And you circling that, in the past will encourage you in the future mm. who needs to be reminded, Oh yeah, he will keep me. He has kept me. Mm. He, you know, and that's why we're saying this, It becomes a way to develop that habit. Like you need to circle that word or write that thing down or, or, or remember that somehow because the future you will need to be encouraged by it. Excellent. You know,
0: excellent. It's a great way to put it. The future you will need to be encouraged by what you write down today.
1: Yeah. But if you didn't write it down or mm-hmm. circle it or underline mm-hmm. it or whatever, then you won't remember it.
0: Yeah. And, and here's the difference between writing down and hitting like on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can tell go. us the difference. Oh, nice one. Yeah. <laughs> I have never gone back to things that I've liked and scrolled through and read them. Yeah. Uh, unless I'm looking for something in particular. Yeah. Uh, but when you write it down, there's something in your mind. I don't know what that is. You were a psychology major. When you write it down, it has, it it's, it's sticky.
1: Yeah. In fact, there's a, and I'm going to butcher, well, let me go back to my trusty notes app. Cause I wrote down a quote. <laughs> um, I was just about to butcher it, but I'm like, hold on. I'm pretty sure I wrote that thing down. Um, cause I heard this quote, um, a week or so ago that goes to this point. But yeah, there's a, um, uh, there's a woman who is really huge. She's since passed away, but she was really formative in education circles. Um, like the Montessori is her last name. So all the Montessori schools, I can't remember her first name are built around her education philosophy. And one of her famous quotes was this, that what the hand does, the mind remembers, Hmm. And so she, her whole philosophy of education was don't just tell the child something, let the child do something. That's good. Because if they do it, the mind will remember it. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, this is kind of funny because I didn't, I'd literally pulled up the quotes thing and that's where it was because <laughs> you just said it. There's your hand did it. Mm-hmm. And so then your mind remembered mm-hmm. it. Um, and so, yeah, it's been funny. I've been thinking about that just from the formation process It for us as individuals and how we lead people. How can we create experiences where people do something with their hands uh, and then their mind will remember it, um, which is a whole nother thing we'll talk about. But
0: yeah. And we haven't even gotten to the fact that you started John chapter 14. No, uh, no. You know, while you were out, uh, we all took care of uh, John 13. I mm-hmm. uh, hope we did it in a God-honoring way.
1: You did. Yeah, um, you all did great.
0: It was fun. It was fun. Uh, Pastor Chad came in on a little little toy tank.
1: Yeah, toy. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I was going to come in on a on a Barbie Corvette, but I couldn't get one. Yeah. so <laughs> uh,
1: With a wig, uh, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and then, uh, of course, uh, Dave and Jeremy, our student ministers, did a great job. Yeah. And then we had the worship weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which was really powerful. Amazing. I know, you, I know, you were up in in Jasper, and I just heard great things about it. Yeah. And uh, the coolest thing, and and I'll I'll say this that this was from um, Meredith, our our kids minister here in Canton, and it was something that you had said after the last worship weekend. It was so cool to look around the room and see our church ministering to each other. Yeah. And it wasn't pastors and staff. It was giving people permission yeah. to care for each other in those moments. Yeah. And there were people crying and wailing and other people coming around them, praying for them, kneeling with them, comforting them.
1: Yeah. In fact, we talked about this in our creative meeting last week that, <clears throat> and something that struck me, um, during that weekend, cause again, like I said, I was in Canton on Thursday and Jasper on Sunday was, you know, we've been doing these worship weekends for years now, and and in the past, when we first started them, people were like, oh, there's no message this weekend. They were almost kind of disappointed, which is good, because mm-hmm. obviously preaching of the word is important. But one of my observations was, and I'm not saying I'm right, but it's just something I thought was, a lot of times it's because people didn't, I don't think people understood that singing the songs is actually them being ministered to. Mm-hmm. But now we've tried to, well, not tried, we have for the last several months incorporated these moments of prayer in the middle of these worship weekends where we just kind of pause, slow down, and pray for one another. And so I think one of the reasons why it has become more meaningful to people is now they're feeling ministered to Mm -hmm. through prayer. But to your point, what's super cool about that is they're feeling ministered to just by the body Mm -hmm. ministering to itself. Yep not necessarily because we're all ministers. We, we're all called to ministry. We say that often. We're all called to live life on mission. So yeah, that's, what's been really cool is we've just now created some platforms for people to minister to people, whether it's our prayer team down front, which is really cool. Like people just coming to get prayer. The body is being ministered to, um, in a different way than just being ministered to by receiving the word. Again, kind of going back to what we just said, They're putting their hands to work. Mm -hmm. They're doing something. And so I think that's one of the reasons why those weekends have become more meaningful now is people are, and hopefully people understand that singing songs is also us being ministered to because we're reminding ourselves of what is true and the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit is ministering to us through that. But now having these moments of prayer and communion where it's very tangible, they're being ministered to in a different kind of way. So that's been super cool.
0: Awesome. Um, we, uh, we're in chapter 14. There's obviously a shift after chapter 13 Mm -hmm. in in Jesus's life, uh, in his ministry. Um, and we just came out of give a kid a chance, which was incredible. Um, thank you to everybody who through your generosity, we were able to bring backpacks and school supplies with great dignity yeah. to uh, somewhere between 1,800 and, and 2,000 kids. Uh, we're getting final totals and a recap uh, after this word from somebody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how they end, base- right, Chandler? That's how they end a baseball game? Final totals on a recap? Yes, sir. Okay. There's Ch- you.
1: Chandler just so woke go up. <laughs> yeah,
0: Chandler, our <laughs> excellent producer. And anything that you see video-wise uh, during a gathering or online somewhere, That would be Chandler Mm -hmm. and you're doing an incredible job. I don't know how you did that, uh, student camp, that mission camp video without anybody sweating. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all in the post-processing there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's a filter.
0: So so do you want to take some time and do a, a quick intro on, on John 14 or you want to wait till next week?
1: Uh, we can probably hit that the next one. I mean, we're, well, I think we're 50 minutes in on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I will say this, like you guys did a great job in John 13 and I joke about this before, but that's one of the hardest things about taking a preaching break is I want to preach those verses. Mm-hmm. Like I miss out on preaching them and I've had people in the past say, well, then just go back and re-preach them. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Like <laughs> then I, it almost feels like,
0: you, let me let me tell you what pastor David missed. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's almost like you guys didn't do a good enough job. But no, y'all, all all four did great, and um, and thirteen is that is kind of a pivotal chapter Mm -hmm. where it shifts, you know, from Jesus's public ministry to his private ministry, and now in John fourteen, again, like we talked about, we're getting into some real like from John fourteen to nineteen, we're getting into some. uh, I mean, this is Jesus's personal ministry time with his disciples, and so we're gonna get into it. It's almost like this inner look of you know everybody would love to be a fly on the wall you know yeah. in like whether it is in the situation room that the president sure. is pulling off these major you know whatever but we get to be a fly on the wall of the situation room with Jesus and his disciples
0: mm-hmm.
1: before before it leads to his public you know capture and then execution uh which again happens in 19 so from 14 to 18 you're we're I'm just excited to we're just getting like, it's like, this is what Jesus wanted to say in his last day, his last couple days with his boys, you know? And so again, we've talked about part of that where Jesus is talking about what he's going to do, who he is. He's going to talk about the Holy spirit, which I'm super excited to talk about that. Um, and then he's going to pray for them again. It's let's, we can wrap it up like this. It's, I mean, I just talked about my moment with Jackson, Mm -hmm. you know, this moment, but now in this section of John, we're going to talk about Jesus's last moment with his, with his sons. Oh, that's good. You know, with his disciples. That's good. And so we're going to get that kind of be a fly on the wall in that part of the conversation mm-hmm. with Jesus and those guys. Um, so I'm super excited to talk about that from okay, that excellent. perspective.
0: Excellent. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Great to have you back. Uh, Chandler, thank you for producing, uh, this show. And again, Thank you to the thousands of people who participated in Give a Kid a Chance, whether you bought school supplies, whether you helped in the sorting of, whether you were here uh, as a team member uh, helping out on Saturday at our three locations, uh, two Revolution locations in Canton and Jasper, and a a big thank you to Hillside United Methodist Church in Woodstock. Uh, We do stuff together because it is all about Jesus. It is not about 125 Union Hill Trail. Or 6, 689. 6, 689. 6, 689 North Main Street yeah. in Jasper. It is about Jesus. Um, for a transcript of today's podcast, and you, you probably would love one, um, just get a journal and write down everything. <laughs> write down all say. the nuggets. Write down yeah. all the nuggets. Uh, write down everything we say. As we always end, uh, the best advice we've ever heard. Trust God. And take a nap. Amen. See you next time.
1: See you.